This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by GoGo's Bootcamp. Are you a real estate agent looking for the very best media training program on the planet? GoGo Bethke is considered the top Instagram realtor in the country, and her step-by-step training program will take your social media game to the next level. Keeping It Real listeners receive a special discount, so please visit gogopodcast.com. That's G-O-G-O podcast.com for your special discount. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I'm your guide and host through the show. And in just a moment, we're going to be speaking with top producer Dan DeCabo. Before we get to Dan, I would like to first, of, as always, thank everybody who is listening or watching this right now. Really appreciate your support. And we have grown this thing over the last five years because of you. So if you want to help us keep growing, which we would really appreciate, number one, keep listening. We put out two to three episodes a week. We really appreciate every single one. One of you who tunes in to listen to these top producers share their secrets of success. And also, please tell a friend. Think of one other agent that could benefit from hearing from top producers like Dan and send them a link to our show. Easiest way to do that, really just have send them to our website, which is keepingitrealpod.com. We have links for all the different podcast um, uh, sort of directories. and But even if they're not a podcast person, they can actually stream every episode right on our website. Once again, that's keepingitrealpod.com. And now, on to our interview with Dan DeCappa. Today on the show, we have Daniel DeCappa, otherwise known as the funny agent from the Spotlight Home Team in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Uh, Let me tell you a little bit about Dan. Dan's goal has always been to get a standing ovation from both his audience and his clients. Before his successful career in real estate, he toured as a stand-up comedian performing on cruise ships in colleges and comedy clubs all over the country, including Zany's here in Chicago. I've probably seen Dan. We were just talking uh, beforehand about a show that he likely was on many, many years ago with Mitch Hedberg. Um, Dan is the owner of the Spotlight Home Team in Ann Arbor, Michigan, which last year sold 287 homes and has over 400 positive reviews on Zillow. Find Dan on his website, thefunnyagent.com. And for everyone listening, go there because you can download his ebook, which is called Laugh Your Way to Six Figures, which is if you scroll to the bottom of his page, sign up for his his ebook there, it'll come right to you. Dan, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, DJ. Love the show. Love coming to Chicago. Miss you guys. Would love to be able to come again and when we could travel and yeah. Miss Zany's Comedy Club. Love it up there on Wall Street. So great to be here. Yeah, it's it's we're really lucky here in Chicago. We have just an old, true Chicago um, comedy club Zany's. It is it is there aren't as many of those left anymore. And um, boy, it's yeah. this little tiny room. Uh, it's just a perfect comedy club and, um, it's probably our, our, our crown jewel of comedy clubs in Chicago. So you, you've been there, I guess, yeah. many times. It's a, yeah. If you want to take a time travel back to the eighties, definitely, yeah. uh, go over there and get that feel. We were talking about, uh, Mitch Hedberg, just a great comedian 
worked there with him and uh, yeah. just just classic lines if you don't know him and i'm sad that my millennial generation doesn't really know mitch and you know his his famous like uh, this jacket is dry clean only which means it's dirty <laughs> I just love that. <laughs> which which is uh, such a brilliant you know it, it's funny too because guys who can do those types of one-line jokes stephen wright mm -hmm. obviously kind of paved the way in in the 80s and yeah. and so and then mitch sort of really even took it to another level um and he was able to mm -hmm. do those one-line jokes and appeal to younger people where stephen wright was really an older person's comic by that point right. and mitch took it i don't know if anyone's sort of taken that that throne yet from mitch um but yeah if anyone's listening uh you know before we get into our, our real conversation about dan and how yeah. awesome he is <laughs> definitely check out some old mitch mitch hedberg stuff he, my boss it's yeah. his favorite comic is mitch hedberg and and dan got a chance to work with him i mean this guy was an absolute legend one of the very best that, that ever graced the stage um but dan we're here to talk about you of course oh, so oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> so tell us uh tell us a little bit about how you got started in real estate and um you know maybe why the switch mm -hmm. or how you switched from from comedy over over to real estate Oh yeah. Great question. So doing comedy on the road, uh, not as glamorous as it might seem. Uh, so real estate was always something like a, a lot of uh, listeners, a lot of real estate agents, something that's in the back of your mind. You love to help people service. You can make your own schedule and all those things were always in the back of my mind. Plus at, at the time I stopped and switched over to real estate, I had had a, a baby and um, you know, babies, uh, they don't have the same appreciation for uh, nightlife that we do. So, right. you know, have it. Um, and one of my last shows I remember doing, Dave Chappelle is huge right now, right? Sure. Everybody's listening to Love Dave. So I went into a comedy club that's close to his hometown. I'm supposed to do a whole week there. Is that out I in like there. rural, rural uh, Ohio? Out in rural Ohio, comedy yeah. club in Dayton. I show up. Dave Chappelle had just been there a couple days before. The place was upside down like New Year's Eve happened the night before. Sure. So I show up there. And um, the staff had been fired. And the manager comes in. He's like, everybody's, everybody's gone. I fired everybody. And uh, people were stealing money and doing that. And I was like, oh, my God. Now I'm here to do comedy on a Wednesday <laughs> night after Dave Chappelle. I'm like, this is, this is not happening. easy person so to follow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Easy person. This place is going to be packed. But, yeah. I mean, the comedy club was just, just a riot had occurred. And usually they give you a little yeah. bit of money at the beginning of the week. And the guy was like, well, I don't really have any money, but I can pay you. And you want a box of quesadillas? I'm like, <laughs> I got a baby at home. I got a box of quesadillas. He's like, okay. I go back to the condo after just a terrible show. Like six people showed up and they were seventh floor replacing the windows in the condo in February. And it was just saran wrap around there. I was like, oh, this is the last week with my box of quesadillas. I'm going home. <laughs> To, to yeah, that's out. a really depressing sort of scenario. Uh, I know. For, <laughs> for everyone listening, what, what what when Dan says condo, what a lot of comedy clubs have are they they own or rent these condos, and it's yeah. it's just cheaper for them to do that when com comedians come through town instead of putting them up in a in a hotel. So lots of these comedy clubs have these condos, and and from what I understand, I'm not I've never been a, a comedian, uh, but I understand some of these condos are just disgusting. Oh my God! You you know you're sleeping in the bed and you look who is who is here the week before? Pauly Shore, great. And now I'm sleeping in Pauly Shore's bed. So uh, yeah, I mean it was depressing. There's a lot of parts of fun, a lot of parts I take, and I love to teach realtors about the marketing I took from there, the branding, sure. because we're coming from. 
this industry, what is the failure rate in, in um, real estate? 94, 95%. Yeah. So stand-up comedy, it's 99.999%. So I figured, you know, I'm really improving with coming to uh, real estate. But of course, we learned all these lessons from failing and so much from stand-up comedy that I took. Just like I know you had an MMA fighter on, you've had teachers yeah. on, teachers sure. make great agents. And it, it's all about what we pull from our past. Um, the most successful agents came from other industries where we could say, you know, who's measuring failure, but maybe you failed in that industry, but you always will take something with you to real estate to break through because it makes you stronger. And really for me, I mean, it's just been amazing what comedy's done. Well, and what people who watch and appreciate, you know, stand-up comedy probably don't mm -hmm. understand because they've never done it. Uh, and I've never mm -hmm. done it either, but I've, I've been a fan of it long enough to understand that in order to create a, an act that has a pretty, um, uh, you know, reasonable sort of applause and laughter, like you're going to work for years and years and years. It's not yeah. something that you usually can crank out within the first few years. Mm -hmm. So you're used to putting a tremendous mm -hmm. amount of time in just to even yeah. build your, build your comedy career. I imagine you have a lot of patience when it comes to building your real estate business as well. Oh yeah, absolutely right. You know, nine out of 10 jokes you're going to write are going to fail. You're going to sit there. I tried to bring guitar playing into my act. I remember that I was so nervous to do it. Finally, I just strapped a guitar to my back, got on stage. I'm like, I'm going to do it. I went for 45 minutes with a guitar strapped to my back. I was too nervous to pull it out. And I just walked off the stage and people were like, <laughs> this guy's sitting up there. But what I did learn is, and what's great for now in real estate is that the most successful comedians are people that are bringing their audience. They're showing up to see that comedian, right? Yeah. So if you go, like when I was opening for Dane Cook, then DJ come up and be like, okay, everybody ready for Dane Cook? And 5,000 drunk college students, yeah, we're ready for Dane Cook, yeah. But first, here's Dandy Kappa, boo, <laughs> throwing, you know, so. If we can create our audience as agents with people that we want to interact with, with our passion, you're going to be successful, right? If you show up to see Dave Chappelle and Gallagher's there, that's not the audience, right, that you're looking for. You're just going to be sad and, you know, covered in fruit or whatever. So if we can create our audience, bring the people that we like with our passion, you're going to be so successful in this business and there's ways to do it, so... Yeah. And one of the ways that comedians do it these days in the past mm -hmm. 10 years has been to create a podcast. So what Dan's mentioning mm -hmm. is, is and Dane Cook um, really paved the way for creating an audience outside of, of his standup where he had, yeah. uh, from a branding perspective, really nobody had done what he had done. He was right at the, right when social media and, and instant messaging was starting to really hit, he created this yeah. massive community. And then he would go on tours and sell, sell out arenas uh, because he yeah. would be be able to, they wouldn't have to promote. He would just say to his audience, here's where I'm coming. And, and now uh, comedians can do that through podcasts and, and other ways. Mm -hmm. and, and agents can really learn to, to build a brand the same way. Yeah. And they paved their own way for it. Dane Cook was huge in MySpace, right? So that was oh, a huge. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. So he, and I remember Dane Cook got paid. We got paid together. He got a check for $50,000 for one show and I got a check for $500. And I was like, oh man, well, 500 was a lot to me at the time, but sure. Dane Cook, those are his people. He's showing up. That's where I want to be. So um, you got to go out there and everybody has a different avenue, a different path uh, to get there. I'm not necessarily huge on social media. I do social media, but from the beginning, I sent out funny postcards and different kind of business cards.
cards and, and ways to bring humor to couple into my business so that it'll always stay fun for me. And, and also, you know, the, we, we do the same thing. So I, I'm on the recruiting side of real estate. I don't practice directly mm -hmm. myself, but we've added humor into our recruiting website. When we looked around um, at all of the other recruiting websites, nobody had put any humor <laughs> into any of it at all. It was right. join our company. Here's all the stuff we offer. And that was kind of it. And, and so for everyone listening who, who's a realtor, if, if you are a, a naturally funny person or somebody who really appreciates mm -hmm. comedy, you can bring that into your business as well. And, and you can mm -hmm. do it in an authentic way that's not cheesy or, or that goes against sort of what you're comfortable with. And, and really there's not that many people being funny in real estate. And so right. it's not like this is something that, you know, every other realtor who's, who's successful in town is doing. And, um, and Dan, you've done that and, and you've been yeah. able to bring that to, to your audience. And at the same time, of course, providing incredible service and support to your clients. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's what makes agents afraid it's going to cut into my luxury brand. Are people sure. going to take me seriously? But you look on the outside, it's not just about your, I mean, insurance companies use humor all the time, right? And there's nothing of more course. boring than insurance. So you can't yeah. be afraid to do that, but it's going to make you a better leader. It's going to make people listen to you. I wrote a blog about how you can have difficult conversations by adding humor into them. And, you know, there's just so much that humor will bring to your relationships, to your marketing, to your branding, bring it in there. And if you tie into your passion, if it's cooking or bike riding or surfing or whatever you want to do, you tie your passion into real estate, you carve that path for yourself. You're going to get up every day and love it because there's no right direction to go or wrong direction to go. You know, you can listen to all the coaches out there, but if you carve your own path with your passion, you're going to stay engaged. Yeah, I was in um, I was in Laguna Beach uh, three or four weeks ago on a vacation, and the surfing community is just massive there. For yeah. must just be perfect uh, conditions for for surfing, and they have like the national surfing teams. And I noticed uh, as I was driving around town, there there was one realtor who is like the surfing realtor, and it wasn't even a cheesy <laughs> sort of thing. He was like, "This is my passion. <laughs> this is what I'm into." And I thought, boy, you know, that's that's kind of a goof. I'm, I'm in you know uh, Chicago where we don't have any surfing, of course. And I thought, oh, that seems <laughs> cheesy and then when i saw the sheer number of people who who were were locals who are into surfing which is gosh thousands of people um it i realized oh okay so he's using his passion he's not afraid to talk mm -hmm. about it and he probably yeah. attracts a lot of surfers who i mean I, I don't know for sure but that's my guess um and i thought mm -hmm. what a what a smart idea he's he's already passionate mm -hmm. about something he's part of that yeah. community and he's not afraid mm -hmm. to talk about it Right. And that's so great. Surfing, if you're into tattoos, do not be ashamed of it. Tie it into right. your business, right? It's just like the open mic I'm talking about versus open mic and creating your own audience. You have to start with people you know and people who are passionate about you know, what they do. So if you show up, like I'll show up at a conference and everybody gives away their business cards, right? So I just, I always create a funny business card. Like I have Remax, Remax Deep Space is what one I'll give away or I'll give away one with like my baby picture on it or, or a glamour yeah, shot. And yeah, real estate, taxidermy, I do that. So I cover that in, <laughs> in my ebook, but that's something memorable, something will, people will also tie into, your clients will tie into it. And, uh, you know, for me, my team really ties into the humor and they love it that when they come into here, if we have to have a difficult conversation, they know that I'm always coming from a, a place that's true. I might be a little bit funny, but I'm not going to come hard on them. So it's easier for us to have that conversation together if you just bring humor into your personal life too. 
Yeah. Um, I, I have a question and this just sort of yeah. occurred to me. I'm curious to get your, your opinion on it. So I, um, mm-hmm. I have never done any uh, improv uh, comedy here in Chicago, we have second city, yeah. which, uh, which an improv Olympics. And, and we, you know, we're sort of known for improv comedy in, in Chicago. Mm-hmm. However, listeners we have from, from all over the country and there are improv classes anywhere. And you might be thinking, well, why would I want to take an improv class if I'm not looking to go into comedy? And I, I know a lot of people yeah. that have done this. And I said, why do you do that? And they, and I said, are you trying to break into comedy? And most, most of the times they, they say no, but what they do say is um, it, it's such a great, communication skill building tool that even though yes maybe I'm not always going to be cracking jokes I now know you know if I'm in an open house I'm no longer nervous about somebody walking yeah. in and, and I know how to talk to people on the fly and I was just curious yeah. if you had any thoughts about you know improv classes you can take probably just about any yeah. you know reasonably sized city has them DJ, that's a phenomenal idea. Hire an improv coach to come into your office, to your team. And what it does is it, it makes you think on your feet. We, I do not like scripting. I don't like cold calling. I've gone away from those, forged my own path. Because if you, if you can improvise, if you can talk, you're going to feel real to your client when you're yeah. speaking with them. But also the biggest thing is, and you'll know this from doing the improv classes, it forces you to listen. Yes. You have to listen to your client. You aren't going to come out as a new agent. You want to spew all your information about this house, about the disclosures, about the blah, laws, blah, 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 blah. All you are doing is creating a wall between you and your client. With the improv, it helps you listen. What's the next line? I'm going to tag it. So it makes you such a better listener. You'll open up to your clients and you'll feel more real. I think doing an improv class is a great idea, a great team building. Yeah. So tell us about Spotlight Home Team. This, this is, this is yeah. your company. So tell us about it. <laughs> well, it's, it's my company and we service Ann Arbor, Metro Detroit. It's fun. I have six buyers agents, two admins. We're very diverse in who we serve. We have a very diverse community. Um, customer service is really what we're all about. You know, not everybody on my team is, is a comedian. I'm the team leader, but I have Strong agents, a lot of them come from different backgrounds, just like myself. I've got a guy who um, was selling used cars, a guy who's working at the Apple store. Some people did things I can't talk about, but you know, they, come <laughs> different, they come from different backgrounds. And taking that background with you and bring it into your, into your business, you have an appreciation for customer service. You have an appreciation for real estate. You have a level head on your shoulders. So Spotlight Home Team, we're great. We work with clients you know, anywhere from $50,000 to $1.4 million. Um, average sales price in Ann Arbor is around $350,000. But we find people grant programs. Um, our service providers are great. So we're, we're just out there. If you provide great customer service, right, which is all our goal in, in real estate, the clients are going to find you. Word of mouth is going to be out there. And then our marketing takes a humorous tone and we get a lot of calls from that too. I have a question. So when was yeah. it in your real estate career that you decided it was time to build a team? Um, what, mm-hmm. what was the impetus for that for you? Yeah, well, I went, I knew I had a, a, quite a few leads. So 
thinking, all right, I'm going to go to the, the office manager, find somebody. My first buyer's agent, I talked to the talked to the broker. He said, I got a couple of people that are thinking about getting out of the business. No, they're just not making money. So I'm sure. like, okay, that's, that's what I need to do. And I think that the team model is great for new agents coming into, it's great for new agents coming into the business. It's good for agents that know how to write contracts and serve people, but maybe they can't generate the leads. Let's sure. face it, teams are mini brokerages now, right? right? So I try to get in front of the broker and say, hey, if you know somebody new who's coming into the business, you see some potential, I want them to come to me first because they're going to last in this business. So I feel a lot of people need to, if you're new in the business, need to start getting on, get on a team, train. And if my people leave after two years, that's okay with, with me too. You know, at least sure. I can train them. They've, they've brought value to the team and I can learn from them as well. But you know, when you have too many leads, you're ready to go. Um, the first person you need to add though, right after that buyer's agent, everybody needs an ad administrator, somebody to set up the systems for you. So doing disk testing, finding an administrator, you know, do 30, 40 interviews to, to find somebody or share uh, administrator, transaction coordinator, whatever, you know, you call it in your market, they're going to help you build that team too. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think the team mm -hmm. model is just, uh, it's obviously so popular these days. And mm -hmm. But Dan just said something very important. He said it from a team leader perspective, and I want to reverse it for uh, mm -hmm. for team members. And he said, you know, you want to interview, if you're the team leader, you want to interview a lot of people before you make a decision. And and really the same goes for, for an agent. If you're looking to build a team, or sorry, join a team, then you're going to want to interview with a number of different teams to really make sure you get the, mm -hmm. the right fit. And obviously, depending on the size of your market and the size of uh, how many agents there are uh, might dictate how many of those interviews you, you can do. Uh, but boy, you know, really, really try. I know when people reach out to us to join our firm, they're of course reaching out to three or four other firms as they should mm -hmm. to figure out what's the best fit for them. And you should be doing the same thing just because somebody's in your office and has a team um, that might be a great fit for you. It might not. And so I, as Dan was saying, please, please interview out with a number of different teams um, because if you get in the wrong team or a team that isn't really best suited for your skill set or they're not able to meet your needs, it's going to be uncomfortable and it's not really going to help your business progress. But once you find that right team, boy, mm -hmm. everything can really explode from there. Oh yeah, absolutely right. You share the same values. We ask our clients to go out there. Our clients are interviewing three or four people, you know, as a buyer's agent, as a seller's agent, don't just go to one place, find what fits for you too. And I encourage that people at interview, is this the right atmosphere that you, does this fit your style here? Because it might not be for you. Yeah, I've, I want to switch gears. I have a question for you about, we, Dan and I, prior to, to starting, we were I was mentioning to Dan that it, here in Chicago, our mayor, uh, just a few minutes before us going uh, on the show, had uh, instituted, um, well, an alert, not, not an actual stay-at-home order, but really is suggesting um, to everyone here in the Chicagoland area to, um, to only go to work if you're what's called an essential worker, where uh, she's discouraging um, uh, people from basically saying, please do not celebrate traditional Thanksgiving with friends and family. Um, so we're, we're starting to head down uh, an unfortunate path, but understandable path of possibly going back into, into a full lockdown, which of course we hope doesn't happen, but, but might be inevitable. Um, and I'm just curious, Dan, um, since we've, uh, we've, we, you and I have, have already been through one lockdown, everyone listening on the show has, and we may be headed there again. Um, do you have any suggestions for, for our audience um, for what maybe they could do now or what they could do during a lockdown? down to keep their business rolling despite mm -hmm. having these limitations. 
Oh, I love this question because I made so much money coming out of the last lockdown with a few sure. things that I did that I want to pass on. Number one yeah. thing is we we got we got locked down in the spring here. So, you know, those, um, those seed packets that you can order that are branded, right? Sure. So I said, well, everybody's going to be at home. We're going to get the seeds. We're going to get it. And so I, I mailed seeds in a handwritten note to each one of my clients in my, my immediate sphere, which was about 300 people. I said, wow. I hope you're doing okay. Please check in with me if you need anything at all. I'm here to help. Here's a seed packet. Plant it with your kids. Plant it out there. So many people planted these seeds. They were outside with their kids. They took pictures. They sent it back to me. Um, we we uh, partnered with Peace Neighborhood Center, which is a local charity here too. Went out there and we did a GoFundMe to raise utility bills for people that couldn't afford to pay their utility bills. So we did that as a team. But one thing that I do, um, the seeds I just did this year because it was an impromptu thing is I sure. always, whenever I see a client has a baby, I keep a stack of these little blankies oh, that. that are in, they're in my office. And my son had this ever since he was a kid. And uh, we used to take blankies all tattered, now the one that he has, but we would take blankie and we have pictures of blankie all over the world. So I would, whenever one of my clients has a baby, I send him a blankie with a little funny story about how my son, this is what he got when he was a baby. And here's all the places that blankie has been to Paris on the floor of the mall, lost in an elevator, places like that. So I do that. And then I also uh, took the time to go through, we have Nextdoor, I don't know if you guys use Nextdoor or Yelp sure. or whatever for contractors, compiled a contractor list because a lot of people are working at home, right? Um, when contractors can come out and work. So I send out a list of recommended contractors in magnet form that people can stick on there. Of course, I'm the recommended realtor on here, right? Um, so <laughs> send, send that out and people are so appreciative of, of this and they'll stick it in a drawer and they might call you six or seven months later. But I say, you know, here's my handyman. Give me a call before you call any of these contractors so I can get you to the front of the line. I can get your estimate out there. And it's just a way for them to come here. I don't cold call my clients. I feel like, you know, that's um, not my strong point, but I'm always in touch with them, providing value, providing something really personal uh, to them. And if you set that on your calendar and you do the seeds every year, you do the blankies, you do, I have a little book for when people's pets die because they're on there doing that. Yeah. Set that out. You're, they're thinking of you. I send out joke books too to kids that are out there and the right age. So there's all these little things you can do. You can't do them unless you have a database and it's really easy. Go, you're a hundred closest people. Even if you're brand new to the industry, set up your database, a hundred people. Though That's your open mic crew. The, they're going to love you. They're going to call you. You're going to set it up. They're going to refer you to your friends, especially if you can say, hey, I'm on this high producing team. I have people looking over me. Those are your people. That's your fan base. They're going to always be there. It's really easy to set this up. Just take the work to do it. Yeah. And, and for everyone listening who thinks, well, gosh, how will I know when one of my clients' mm -hmm. pets passes away? Well, a lot mm -hmm. of times people post that stuff on social media. So you mm -hmm. can, if you're a realtor and you think, you know, I like to keep my private life private. I'm not really somebody mm -hmm. that is really active on social media. That's okay mm -hmm. because you can still yeah. use social media as research and development for what's going mm -hmm. on with your sphere of influence. So unless mm -hmm. you, you have such a great relationship with your, your clients, they're going to call you with mm -hmm. these big life events 
events, um, typically they're going to talk about it online. And so that's a great place to find out what's going on. LinkedIn does a really neat job of telling um, every day if you log in that it shows who's celebrating work anniversaries, who's got a new job. Mm -hmm. Those are things that people should be checking every day just to give a reason to pick up the phone or to drop a little handwritten note in the mail or a yeah. little gift congratulating somebody or in, in the case of obviously a, a more of a tragic event to offer condolences. So um, it's a great yeah. opportunity to utilize social media just to know what's going on and, and provide mm -hmm. support or, or cheerleading. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, snail mail is back. People are looking at it. You know, they're looking for something to do. They're getting a a break from new math or whatever they're teaching their kids, you know, virtual yeah. math, just walking out to the mailbox. And so you can provide value just sending out postcards. I send out these, these tiny little postcards right here too. And I can tell you, it's about 45 cents with stamps and printing and everything that you can send to your sphere. You can change up your just listed, just sold campaigns, make them fun and you can do it on a budget. I don't hire anybody to do it. I do this in-house eight and a half by 11. My staff cuts up these postcards and send them out. And the ROI is huge. And it's really easy to do. Yeah, you really only need one person to respond. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe even if you're doing it monthly, maybe you only need one person to respond per year for it to pay yeah. for itself. And, and you're going yeah. to probably get a lot more than that. Um, the key, mm -hmm. I'm sure, is consistency. If you just send out one, mm -hmm. one mailer, one postcard uh, campaign, you know, you might not see mm -hmm. those results. But if you commit to doing it once a month, or, or you know, mm -hmm. even more often than that, you're going to start to see results. And and Dan knows as as well as as anyone that branding it requires a lot of consistency. Yeah, so much consistency. And don't forget about postcards to your sphere too. Just a real easy touch to go there too. If you connect with a contractor, a new landscaper in the area, they'll probably even pay for it, but say, hey, here's a discount if you give this person a call. You have to start, well, the farming, start on your street, start with your sphere, pick the area. And I calculated it. it's $4.50 for me to send out six postcards a year to a person, $4.50, I touch them six times. It's crazy, right? You, yeah. you can't get that anywhere else, so. Yeah, and also, you know, we, 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 it's something easy to sort of forget, but everyone looks at a postcard before they throw it away. Um, you don't, yeah. people don't right. always <laughs> open the mail, but they will always yeah. look at the front and back of a postcard. And yes, yeah. of course, of course, 99% of people are gonna discard it in the trash. And that is not the point. It is okay right. for them to do that, but they're gonna see your name before they're gonna go, oh, okay, that was, that was nice. Or I'm, I, I now have thought about Dan once again. And, yeah. you know, that's a good thing for consistency. Um, and yeah. And uh, Dan, I, I have, I really, I've got to, I never get to these stories. We always ask yeah. uh, to pull back the curtain just a bit on, on our, our process. We always ask for some funny stories. Uh, it happens yeah. to be, of course, Dan's a comedian, so no pressure here to be <laughs> no. funny. But Dan happened to to share a story with our our, our, um, uh, our casting director uh, about, and it was a story that was just so in incredibly interesting to me that I really would love you to share about the time you were chased down the street by uh, by a homeowner. Oh my gosh. Yes. You know, it's fun. I don't know if my real estate stories are more interesting or if my comedy, because I can go back and, you know, comedy stories are great, but in, in real estate, so many interesting things happened to us. So I had met a buyer for the first time and he was an investor and I got up to the, we got up to the house and the key wouldn't work. I was like, oh my gosh, this key's not working. He's like, don't worry, Dan, I, I own 12 rental properties. I'll get it. He puts the key in. It's like magic. The door opens. I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay, so we're here. But you know when you're in a house and things just 
they don't feel really right. So yeah. I'm like, no, something kind of feels off here. And then uh, he's like, well, let's go check out the upstairs. And he starts walking up the, <laughs> I'm scared. I let him go first, right? <laughs> this guy's going, he's a muscular guy, he's like going up the stairs. And then all of a sudden he turns around and he starts screaming, run for your life, run for your life. And I'm like, oh my God. We ran out the front door up. A guy must have been 400 pounds, stark naked with a shower curtain rod is chasing us down the stairs and into the street. He's just, I'm like, oh, what, what happened? I got in my car, he got in his car. We both took off. Well, it turns out nobody told the uh, renter somebody was coming to look at the house. It's right. like, oh, who got in here? Like, oh man, this guy was screaming. It was a very interesting thing. I never talked to that buyer again. I was just so so shaken up by it. But oh, that is that is hysterical. Yeah, yeah. You, you know the, the the story we get the most is um, when we when we do these pre interviews is is oh I yeah. walked in on on a couple having sex and it almost seems like right. every realtor has done that, but I have not heard the uh, yeah. the four hundred pound um, naked man swinging a curtain rod at you in the oh, streets. My. Gosh, it was, yeah, that was crazy. But a lot of fun, you know, or right now people, marijuana is legal. You walk in, you're like, oh my gosh, you know, who's a dog's pad around here. So, but it's such a fun business. You just need to keep the fun with you. It's easy to get burnt out, right? Get burnt out in the business, contract writing, dealing with appraisers. So I was trying to keep the fun in it, keep it in perspective. And do you have any suggestions for any agent who's, I mean, you've given a lot of great suggestions already, but yeah. anyone who's, who's newer to the business, who, you know, doesn't, again, we talked about maybe finding a team. We talked about, you know, gosh, mm. uh, doing some postcards, which are very inexpensive um, to your sphere yeah. of influence to remind them, but any other suggestions and somebody who, who's newer, who is like, I don't, how do I go out and grow my business? Yeah. I mean, if you can tie in what you're doing, your passion yeah. with the business, you're going to do it. So like I said, if you're, if you're bike riding, go join a, a bike club. If you're cooking, go get there. And then the things that I've come up with, the business cards and postcards, and those are all icebreakers. If you're a shy person and you don't really know how to approach people, well, if you got something funny on a piece of paper, it's a lot easier to hand it. If you want to start, you know, I'm the president of the PTO at the school. That's good too. I'm really involved in there. But think about it from a comedian perspective. You have to build your open mic crowd. You've got to go out there and you've got to have the, the raving fan base. And it all starts with already what you love to do and the people that are closest to you, you got to go to your parents, you know, I'm people whose parents selected a different realtor because they were like, oh man, I didn't keep in touch. What the heck? So get in touch with the people that are closest to you, create that 100 person database, make sure you have their addresses. You should be friends with them on Facebook or Instagram or places like that, because people aren't going to call you that don't know you. You have to build from an open mic crowd and they will be your cheerleaders throughout your career. People love to watch people succeed and especially their friends. They're going to be close. They're going to be your, your constant sphere that you're going to lean on throughout your career and you're going to go back to them. Don't lose touch of people that are close to you because you don't have a pool of 200 sellers or buyers. Right. And then when you start out, you know, your, your business is going to flip at some point. You're going to have 10 buyers and you have 20 and 30. And then in three years, you stick with it, go with the long term. You're going to have 30 listings because those buyers were out there. So 
Yeah, my my boss is an avid hockey. Well, he plays a, a number of sports. He's real active, but he's been a hockey mm -hmm. player for a long time. And uh, several years ago, and he doesn't really practice anymore, and he hasn't for a long time because he kind of runs our business now. But he he was uh, saying he goes, you know, I was just thinking about. Um, he's he's been playing hockey with the same group of guys for gosh I don't know 15 years now and he said I thought mm -hmm. about how many homes I've sold to them I counted it up because he he's he was like just interested in how many homes he's sold to them mm -hmm. and he counted 20 homes sold to them in like 10 years and he said the funny mm -hmm. part is I never really ever promoted myself. I was just part of the team. He said, I never yeah. said, hey, by the way, guys, if you need help buying or selling a home, I'm your guy, because he's just not that guy. Um, and yeah. he was my realtor, because he was my friend. He never asked me for business. I just knew he was a realtor, and I knew that he was probably pretty good. And I went with him. Yeah. And so for those of you listening that say, gosh, I don't really, I'm not really into self-promotion. Well, a lot of people mm -hmm. aren't into self-promotion. But as Dan said, look, Dan's head of the PTO. That doesn't necessarily guarantee him business, and it isn't the reason he head of the PTO, but it's, right. it, people will naturally, um, you know, find out what you do just based on your passion and interest. And, you know, mm -hmm. I'm sure business comes to you as a result of that. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody's going to carve their own path. You know, the fact that I tie humor into it, don't be afraid to go out there, market yourself the way the truer you are to yourself. People, this is a person to person business. They want to deal with somebody who's not putting up a facade, who doesn't think that they're the luxury agent and only dealing with people because you don't, well, I'll tell you what, you don't want to work with luxury buyers all the time. You want to work with real people. They're going to move up. They're going to buy a $250,000 house. Then they're going to win the lottery. Then they're going to buy it in Bitcoin. I don't know what they're going to do, <laughs> but you know, they're going to go out there and, you know, just constantly have fun, have fun with your peers. Don't make enemies with other agents. Um, stay lighthearted and, and the business is going to come. What a great business to be in. What a great time to be in this business. And I know it's hard if you're just starting out, but man, you can do it. Tie your passion into it. You're going to love it. Oh, that's a perfect place to to wrap up uh, this this uh, this interview with you know find your passion tie it into your business and have fun mm -hmm. with it and um, and I really that boy Dan that is such a great great message so whatever mm -hmm. it is you're passionate about just keep doing it and somehow bring mm -hmm. your business into it um, and if for mm -hmm. example if you're somebody who volunteers you know uh, invite those hundred people in your sphere of influence for a volunteer event at that mm -hmm. organization if you're part of one or find one that you're passionate about. People love to volunteer and they typically don't do it themselves, but when they're asked to do it, they oftentimes will. You were just talking about working with, uh, you know, uh, the food pantries and 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 other uh, and, uh, volunteer opportunities. So yeah, find whatever you're passionate about in life, and then tie it in. As Dan's is comedy and 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 giving back and service, um, and of course that's really working for him as well. So we want to thank Dan for being on the show. I want to remind everyone to visit Dan's website, uh, which is thefunnyagent.com, and there you can also download his ebook which is called Laugh Your Way to Six Figures. Uh, and Dan, mm -hmm. on behalf of our audience uh, here, uh, we thank you, our viewers and our listeners. We, we thank you for, for being on our show, taking time out of your busy day from running a successful team and your own personal production okay. to uh, share our audience with our audience um, some tips and strategies for growing their business. And for everyone out there listening, by the way, if you are a, a, an agent, uh, maybe looking to, to join a team, um, certainly, uh, you know, you could check out Dan's team, but maybe you're a buyer, a seller, a renter, an investor who is in the Ann Arbor or Detroit area who's interested in working with a top real estate team like Dan's, um, what's the best way they should reach out to you? 
yeah, they should reach out the Spotlight Home Team, Dan at the Spotlight Home Team. They can find me there. My phone is always on. They can call me. Just don't send me a fax, man. I'm not going to check that, right? <laughs> so. We. It's amazing. We still get a few. We have 700 <laughs> agents at our company. We still get a few faxes a day. And I'm like, yeah. who is? who are these <laughs> people? Who is sending these faxes? Uh, right. What's the best phone number someone should reach you at, Dan? Best phone number is 734-730-7061. And check out that ebook. Thanks so much. I got funny articles on there, like the onion style. I'll tell you how to stage vacant land if you want to. I'm creating a <laughs> diaper. I got a diaper for realtor called Open Houses. So I'd like to really promote that. <laughs> other business. So, I love yeah. that. Dan, Dan's website, The Funny Agent, is great. Definitely check out his blog, <laughs> download his ebook. And uh, mm-hmm. on behalf of uh, Dan and myself, to our audience, uh, to our listeners and viewers, we want to thank you for continuing to listen, watch, support our show. Uh, The best way you can help us grow is to tell a friend. So just think of one other agent um, in the industry that could use, uh, that could benefit from having heard this great interview with Dan and send them a link to our our show. The best way to do that, or there's two easy ways to. Number one, ask your friend to pull up a podcast app, do a search for Keeping It Real, we'll pop up. If they're not a podcast person, send them to our website, keepingitrealpod.com. We have every episode we've done there. Uh, You can stream it right from the website. You don't need a podcast app. And also please follow us on Facebook. We post every article, uh, sorry, every interview we've done uh, in real time. We also broadcast them live as we're recording them. And also we find an article every single day online that's written specifically designed to help you guys grow your business. And we post it. And that is all we post there. And a few funny uh, memes here and there. Other than that, it's, it's, it's just good information to help you grow. So find us on Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash keeping it real pod. Uh, Dan, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, this was such a fun time. I appreciate it. And and I, we realized I've probably seen you. So I'm not going to say it was nice to meet you. It's <laughs> nice to see you again, because I <laughs> probably saw you at Zany's uh, back with Mitch Hedberg uh, just uh, 10 years ago or so. But uh, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. And uh, for all of our viewers and listeners, we will see you next time. Thanks, Dan. Thank you.